All right. Welcome back to the Always 100 podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Quinn McKenzie, and you can find the Always 100 podcast on Anchor FM. Uh, you can, that, that's where the show is now hosted live on Anchor FM. You can also find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, I'm very happy to uh, know that the podcast is being distributed all over uh, places like Google Podcasts and Overcast um, and, and a few other uh, outlets where, where you get podcasts and things. Uh, it's really fun, really fun stuff. Uh, very happy with Anchor FM. It's very easy to use. So if you are a podcaster I or you want to start podcasting, I would very much suggest Anchor FM, and it's absolutely free, uh, no, absolutely free. So you can use their hosting service. Uh, they make it very easy, and I definitely would recommend it to prospective podcasters and uh, uh, seasoned vets like myself. Okay, let's uh, go on here, and let's go on to uh, our NFL segment for the day. We're going to do... We're going to start this up again this year. Uh, around this time last year, we, uh, me, mom, Uncle Trevor, I, I, mom, you were you were on the you were on the preview shows last year, right? Yeah. So my mom was on the preview shows last year. Uh, so we're going to do a division preview show every week uh, for the next month. Uh, for the, yeah, for the next month, and then the fifth week is going to be. Um, the the next the next week is gonna uh the fifth week is gonna be um the official preview show uh some NFL news you got um the next uh some NFL news sorry you get till Thursday at four o'clock to announce whether you're opting in or opting out um and I'm gonna save my thoughts on the Patriots uh for when we start because I think the Patriots will uh, definitely be suffering, um, you know, for, from a bunch of opt-outs that, that have taken place, considering the fact that, like, you know, you know, considering the fact that most of their team that was any good, besides the fact that all, all, of, their, all of their good players either play for their, the Miami Dolphins, the Detroit Lions, or opted out, and you know, since that's the case, you know it, it's going to be uh, very interesting to see what that happens. But the Patriots have eight players who have opted out, and the rest of the league, uh, the the fifty players that have opted out, the rest of the league has till Thursday at four o'clock to announce to their teams whether they are opting out for the season. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see what happens, but. <clears throat> We will start this show with the NFC, the, the NFC, and we'll start with the NFC East. Um, the NFC East is always a phenomenally fun division for uh, lots of different reasons, but this year especially. But before we start that, uh, we want to wish – Doug Peterson, nothing but the best. Doug Peterson did uh, have COVID nineteen, and we, you know, we we do wish this guy nothing but the best, considering 
uh, you know, you know, the symptoms that could happen. Doug Peterson is a little bit older, so we do wish Doug Peterson nothing but the best as, as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, making sure he has a speedy recovery uh, from COVID-19. He is the second coach uh, in, in the in the league to uh, contract COVID-19. Uh, so we, we, we wish him nothing but the best. But let's let's break let's break this down. We're going to start. We're going to start with Bob's favorite team. We're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys uh, for this year. Here's here's the thing. Here's here's the thing with the Cowboys that the Cowboys should should be one of the top three or four teams in the in the conference, as far as I'm concerned. They have the offense. Their, their offense is going to be lethal. Their receiving core, you got Amari Cooper, you got CD, you got Michael Gallup. Two of those guys went for 1,000 yards uh, last year uh, as a receiving core. You got Blake Jarwin in for, yes, a future Hall of Fame uh, tied in in Jason Witten. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Everyone knows it. But Blake Jarwin is younger, faster, stronger, can catch better, can, can make people miss. He could do all this stuff that Jason Witten used to do in his prime when Tony Romo was throwing him to football. But Jason Witten was very, very old and could not move more than four yards. Okay, so you got Blake Jarwin at tight end. Then you upgrade your head coach at Mike McCarthy. And, yes, you know, Bob's probably in the back right there to clapping up the storm or just, just getting PTSD from all the times Jason Garrett cost the Cowboys football games over the 10 years that he was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. But then you get Mike McCarthy, who is 124, 77, and two as a head coach. I, I mean, oh, and by the way, he's 10 and six in the playoffs, including a world championship back in 2010 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, like like this this guy is a perfect candidate as far as I'm concerned for the Dallas Cowboys. Why? Because he's not a flashy. He's not he's not flashy. He's not gonna give you the nice big media headline. He's not gonna make waves of what he's doing. No, no, no. Mike McCarthy is just gonna get up there, maybe get a massage or two, Bob. I know you heard that. Yeah, I know you heard. I know you heard. Uh, heard Mike McCarthy got massages and stuff. You know, so maybe get a massage or two. Uh, from from uh, the masseuses there, but uh, <laughs> you know, the second he steps on the sideline, you know, in a meaningful game, the Cowboys will definitely uh, feel better about their chances uh, w- with Mike McCarthy on the team. But th- there, there, are, there are two big questions with Dallas Cowboys, and they're they're, they're simple, and everyone who follows sports knows this. The first question is, can the Cowboys' defense stop somebody? Can, can they stop anyone? That, that, that'll, that'll be the first problem. Because I'm sorry. The, the, this, wasn't a, this wasn't a Cowboys' offense problem. Dak Prescott threw for 4,900 yards and 30 touchdowns, okay? Like, the guy was in the MVP discussion for at least a quarter of the year. Look, he had a fantastic season. He just couldn't beat the good teams, and I know that counts. He has got to beat some good teams. But it would help if your defense, who was seventh the year before, and 
was stopping people, you know, until, you know, the, the, Ram, the Rams being a better team finally got caught up to him in Los Angeles. They couldn't really stop C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley. But, um, you know, the, they, they definitely are capable of stopping people. Now they change out the defensive coordinator. I'm not sure where Chris Richard is at this particular moment in time. Rod Marinelli gets booted for Mike Nolan there. So, um, you know, so we will see what happens on the defensive side of the ball when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. And that that is my number one question for them. And, and, and the second question is, um, are they, what's the deal with Dak Prescott? I, I mean, like, I, I don't get it. Like, like, yeah, I don't think he should get $45 million because he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Patrick. That's not, an, that's not an indictment on Dak Prescott. He's a terrific player. He really is. I like him a lot, but no, like I'm, I'm sorry, dude. You're not, you're not worth, you're not worth that money. Now, the, the, the problem that I have is, I, I'm not sure who hates the, who hates Dak Prescott more, Cowboys management or the Cowboys fans. I can't figure it out because Cowboys fans don't like this guy for some reason. I don't get it. Like the guy, the guy's a consummate leader. He never gets in trouble. He doesn't miss any games. Yeah, is he is he the greatest quarterback you could have? No, he's not. But he's a top ten quarterback in the league. Maybe top twelve. He, he, I don't think he's going. You you can't look at me and tell me this guy is going further than twelve. As far as quarterbacks are concerned, because. You know, the, the stuff that he does. Yeah, it's not the most flashy, you know, not 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 the most flashy guy in the world. Doesn't make waves, but he brings his hard hat to work and gets the job done. He, he can move around. He makes great throws. He has been clutch in his career. No, was he, was he clutch last year? No, he was not. Not against the Green Bay Packers. Not against New Orleans Saints. Well, I don't really blame him against the Patriots because, folks, if you watch the same game I did, wouldn't nobody clutch in that game. Not, no, I don't, I'll put that on him. I really don't. I put Philadelphia at Philadelphia on him, though. You miss Tavon wide open. Dak, we probably wouldn't have this conversation. You miss Tavon wide open. You, you, you had a touchdown to tie the game. There, there was no green shirt in the city limits of Philadelphia anywhere closer to anywhere close to him. The, the closest Eagles defender was in the first row of the south end zone or something, and he overthrew him by ten yards. That's on you. You, you, you. Dak, Dak has got to prove it again this year, and he's got a great chance to do it. But you know, they, they, they. That those are my two big questions, and the Cowboys do have to beat good teams, and they do have to close out some games because they do not have an easy schedule at all. I, I it it's just every year. It's like it's almost like you know. Bob, I know Bob's sitting in the back and probably probably agrees with a whole lot of what I'm saying. It's like the Cowboys have a hard schedule almost every year. I don't know why that is. I, I can't I can't tell you why. 
but they just do. And, you know, and to, I'm, I'm looking up the schedule right now. They open up, they, they open up against the Rams, open it up SoFi Stadium against the Rams. Then they host the Falcons. Then they're at Seattle. And then they got three home games, Cleveland, the New York Giants, and the Arizona Cardinals. And you're you're at the Washington Redskins or the Washington football team now uh, at, for week seven. Week eight, now that, that, this is a big one, November 1st, you're at Philadelphia. Week nine, you host the Steelers. You host the Steelers November, November the 8th. Week nine, week 10 is a bye week. Week 11, November 22nd, you're at the Minnesota Vikings. That's that's going to be a big game. You host the Redskins for Thanksgiving. And then you're at Baltimore. You're at Cincinnati. You host the 49ers. You host the Eagles. And then you're at the New York Giants. To me, to, to me, looking at this schedule, I can see 10 and 6. Bounce, bounce or two here or there. You could be eleven and five. You because know, because as far to me, I, I could tell you you're not you're not you're not going to beat the you're not going to beat the Ravens. You're not going to beat the 49ers, I don't think. I don't think you're ready to beat the 49ers. You split against the Eagles. You'll sweep the Giants. Dak Dak just owns the New York Giants. And then at the Rams is a toss up, and at Seattle is a toss up. So you, the Cowboys have a bunch of toss-up games there, and, and, and they they really have a shot to to make some noise. But they're they are definitely going to have to beat uh, some quality teams in 2020. All right, next team on the list is the aforementioned New York Giants. Um, look, uh, the giant the Giants aren't aren't there just yet. They're, they're not ready. Uh, Daniel Jones has some promise, but um, the New York Giants won't be going anywhere if this guy can't hold on to the football. This guy just can't hold on to the ball. Like, like, I don't know if he has small hands. I don't know what's going on. The guy fumbled 18 times last year. I, I mean, you, we got you got to fix that. Well, you, you know that. You know, I, I just don't, I don't expect very much from them. Uh, I, I don't expect very much for the Giants uh, this year, um, but. You know, Saquon, Saquon, to me, you know, it's between Zeke, Saquon, and C-Mac for the best running back in, in the league. And Saquon is a very, very impressive player. I do like watching him. Uh, he, You know, he's got he, – uh, the, 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 the thing I remember most about Saquon is in week 17 where the, the Giants were actually trying to upset Philadelphia. <laughs> Saquon piecing out the Eagles' defense – on a, like a 60-yard touchdown. Hey, Bob, remember? He pieced him out, Bob. Remember that? <laughs> he pieced that too. He pieced out the Eagles secondary. Um, you know, so the Giants have some pieces. I, I just I just don't think until they fix that defense and they fix that offensive line, um, I don't really think the Giants are going to be much of a factor in the NFC East this year. <clears throat> Next on the list is the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, I, I got – I just I just need to know what they're doing. Like, so, did, did you – did y'all not – why did you take Jalen Hurts? I don't, I don't really – I don't get it. 
<laughs> I, I don't I don't get what the deal was for Jalen Hurts there. Right? That it doesn't really vibe with me. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense what they were doing. Then they took this guy Jalen Rager, who I never heard of. Our uh, all, all I've heard of from folks I've talked to who follow the Eagles, uh, some of my friends who follow the Eagles, they say the guy's pretty fast. So uh, I mean, hey, if you got Deshaun Jackson and Jalen Rager, and they they're, they're your two speedsters, okay, hey, oh, cool. You know that that's that's fine with me. You know we, we can we can we can see. You know how you know how that goes for Philly, uh, but you know Car- Carson Carson Wentz has got to stay healthy. I, I mean, folks, we say this. If you've been following the show, we say it every year. This guy cannot stay healthy, and yes, I understand that he was in a playoff game. He did start a playoff game. Give him his. I will give him his props for that. But literally, the guy went one for uh, what one for four for three yards in the playoffs, and then he got hit in the back of the head. And yes, it was a cheap shot by Jadavian. It was cheap because I one I find it amazing how a six foot six guy can contort his body like that just to hit somebody hit somebody like that i found that more impressive than anything but it was a cheap shot he hit him in the back of the head but at some point uh people are not going to give carson wentz any more passes dude nick Foles is still the holder of your super bowl i mean whether we like it or not that 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 is that that is what that that that's the facts of it this guy's got to complete a full season. He he's more yes he's more talented than Dak. Is he better than Dak? I I don't know. It's a 50-50 proposition if you ask me. I don't know. And the reason I say it is because I I, I watch him. This guy makes crazy throws. And he's six foot five, and he can run, and he's really, really strong, and he's got a cannon arm. But you know, it does help that he's bolstered by, you know, Jason Peters is coming back. You got Lane Johnson. You got Lane Johnson, an all pro, all pro left tackle there. You got well, well, they, he did lose Brandon Brooks. He did lose him for to a, to a torn Achilles, and he's one of the best guards in football. Losing him is going to be a big problem for Philadelphia, and I'm not really sure that the Philadelphia Eagles really fix that issue at this time. I'm not sure if they can. Uh, maybe they'll just plug in the guy that, that's behind them. Uh, I, I'm not really I'm not really sure. I think Andre I think Andre Dillard plays for the Eagles and he's going to be the guard now uh, in for Brandon Brooks, but that that's a that's a pretty big that that's that's a pretty big drop off uh because Andre Diller definitely did struggle um in the games I watched Philadelphia he they the defensive lineman went after him uh as as their matchup to take advantage of the Eagles offensive line um and, and one more thing I have to ask myself about Philadelphia is hey we understand their defensive line is good but um the the back seven I, I mean 
I, I mean, we, we watch the same thing. We watch the same games. I, I, I'm t- Rasul Douglas got burnt, got burnt all the time. Like, I, I, I don't understand. Like, Avante Maddox, mom's guy, my, mom's favorite guy, Avante. Avante Maddox didn't, you know, the, the metric shows that he did pretty good, but I, I'm an eye test guy. That, that guy, that guy got, that guy got burnt a lot more than, you know, pe- people want to want to say or the stats will show. So, you know, I just I just want to see the secondary for Philadelphia improve just a little bit in the back four. You know, you you lose Malcolm Jenkins. He goes he goes from Philadelphia. He goes down back to New Orleans where he started his career and won a championship there. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see. I think they're putting Jalen Mills back there at safety. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I'm not real confident uh, in the Philadelphia Eagles uh, secondary, but they have they have just as good of a shot uh, to win the NFC East. And uh, I'm ex- I'm excited to see the two Philadelphia Dallas games because the the hatred uh, is absolutely terrific. And finally, that brings us to the Washington Redskins, aka the Washington Football Team. Uh, okay. Well, other than the, you know, other than the fact that, you know, the Washington football team does have a little bit of issues as far as, uh, you know, as far as the name and as far as some, some of the scandals going on in that organization, uh, you know, which we cannot ignore. And we, we would just, we just hope that, uh, some of the reporting is not is is not accurate. We, we we don't. I don't hope that 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 is true because that that's really a bad look on Daniel Snyder and, and the and the folks in the upper brass there uh, for the Washington Redskins organization. So we we do uh, hope that that is not okay. That that's not okay, and we just hope it's not true. But uh, but on the field. I'll start defensively. The defensive line is nice. I I, I like the defensive line. I really do. Because um, you got Chase Young there. You got Montez Sweat, who I like. I like him. You got Montez Sweat. You got Deron Payne. You got Jonathan Allen. That's your front four. Then you got Ryan Kerrigan. You got Ryan Kerrigan still there. And, hey, I don't know. That defensive line can cause some problems. You know, they can get a push. They got they got two guys. I mean, Chase Young is a monster. Whoa, I, I, I haven't seen this guy's workout videos and things. I, I, you know, it's just it, it's just really freakish to see what this guy is doing. And I and I and I think he's going to be a fantastic player in the NFL. I really do. Uh, and then you book in him and Montez Sweat there. I, you know, I could I could see the Redskins front four having some success in some games. Now, the back seven, uh, it leaves a little bit to be desired. I mean, Josh Norman's no longer there anymore, um, you know, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. The, the Redskins aren't, aren't there yet. Uh, you know, I, I think their defense is stronger than their offense. But speaking of the offense, hey, Damn, Terry McLaurin is that dude is nice, man. Whew. Watched a couple games of him, him last year. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be a problem. Against the Eagles, I mean, he went for 100 plus both games. You know, this guy, this guy's going to be uh, a, a big, big problem and a matchup problem because he's tall and he runs nice routes and he's really fast, too. You, you compliment him and Steve, Steven Sims Jr., who's a little speedster outside there. Um, you got Trey Quinn. You got, you got, got a bunch of slot guys there, but, you know, you, you you got Terry McLaurin who who is the Redskins number one receiver and um I you know I, I think Haskins is gonna make a concerted effort to get this guy the ball and why wouldn't you? He's he's your best uh one of your best offensive skills position players. I mean, considering that Adrian Peterson is a hundred and fifty years old and still doing it and still looking good doing it. I mean, he he you know, he he had a couple good games last year. And you compliment him and Darius Geis, you know, I, I think, you know, if Darius Geis can stay healthy, that could be a nice one-two punch. I mean, you know, Chris Thompson's no longer there as, as a third down back. Uh, forgive me, I, I'm not certain who the third down back is at this time. Uh, but you got Darius Geis and AP, you know, they, they, they could – they can do they, they can make some noise. I don't think they're I think they're gonna be a little bit better than the Giants, but they're not the Cowboys and Eagles are really ahead um at the class of that division. And that's really a toss up between those teams as well. Um but you know, with with, with Ron Rivera now being there in, in DC, you have him, you have him implementing his culture, you have Kyle Allen, you have Dwayne Haskins. You still got AP there. You got a decent front four. You got to just got to give it some time. I just don't think uh, Washington is ready just yet to to get back to making some noise in the NFC East, but they will be intriguing to watch in some of these games, in my opinion, because of the talent that I just laid out there and and the fact because they have an actual head coach that has actually won and, and, and the team really likes him. You know, Carolina loved him for nine years. He's definitely a player's coach. And to, you know, for, for the Washington, Washington football team there, um, it was a really good hire. I, I really, I, re- I like the hires that the, the Cowboys and Redskins made because they were sound quality hires and they were for people that have been there. They have won. They, they've instituted a culture. They've won with that culture. And I think both of those teams – need that tremendously if they want to get to where they need to go. Okay, that's my breakdown of the NFC East. Just talking about some storylines and things. Uh, I'm going to keep the gambling odds and things. Uh, I, I'm going to keep it out until, well, you know what? No, I, I'll, I'll get the gambling odds in just a minute. But I think for me, you know, we're, we're just keep it to – you know, breaking down the teams and a couple storylines, and I think uh, that's going to happen. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, do the AFC Eastern Division. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Always 100 podcast. Uh, solo today on this Tuesday afternoon. I'm Quinn, the host. Uh, feel free to like, subscribe. Uh, and rate the Always 100 podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and 
whatever, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, like uh, this, this show is hosted live on Anchor FM. Uh, and thanks again to them uh, for letting me host the show on there. Uh, the distribution service has been terrific. Uh, getting it out there has been very, very fun. And I am very happy. Um, and we're, we're working on, you know, working on the YouTube channel, working on, you know, doing this live on Zoom, uh, both both uh, shows, uh, you know, starting this week, you know, starting to stretch here, doing this thing twice a week, uh, you know, mashup shows uh, for until, you know, football season happens and it'll just be football and then, you know, it'll be football on Thursday. Uh, then, you know, the Tuesday show, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, the Tuesday show is probably going to be a mismatch of baseball playoffs and, you know, you know, an NBA, NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs. So, you know, a couple of things here and there, uh, you know, starting next month, Thursday will be the main football show and we'll definitely be watching that and, and, and previewing games and seeing what. Uh, what's going on the uh, going on in the league there? So that's uh, going to be. It's a very exciting time, and I'm very, very proud to uh, be back at it and having live sports to talk about and to get content out there for the masses. Um, also, just a little quick check of the NBA. There's one game going on right now in the Orlando bubble, and it's Milwaukee and Brooklyn. And at last check, they're tied at 24 apiece with about four minutes left in the first quarter. Okay, let's do the AFC East now. We'll do the AFC East, and, you know, we'll go through each of the four teams just like I did with the NFC East last segment. Um, I have a vested interest in this division because I root for the New England Patriots and have been rooting for the Patriots my entire life. And, you know, even without Tom Brady, I'm still going to do it. And we'll, we won't go in alphabetical order. I'll just get my – Patriots out of the way right now. Um, I'm not going to make any predictions, but if if any if this is any indication of what um, 2020 will be like for the Patriots, it don't look bright at all. It don't look bright at all. Uh, eight starting players have already opted out of this season, uh, including. Folks like Marcus Cannon, Patrick Chung, and Dante Hightower, three three people who are absolutely stall absolute stalwarts on um, the Patriots organization. Um, there, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely something going on there. Um, I, I I don't know what's going on, and yes, COVID nineteen has de- definitely has something to do with that. Um, no question. Uh, but I, I don't really, I don't really believe that um, this is just everything to do with um, just 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 with you know COVID nineteen, which is very very uh, it's a very scary thing for a whole lot of people, and you know we could definitely respect that, no question, for the people uh, for the eight players on the Patriots that did decide that 2020 is not the year to play football for them due to COVID-19. But even before COVID-19, the Patriots, to me, were not very good. 
I, I the off the, the I mean the offense it wasn't it wasn't the defense the defense was terrific all, the entire year you had the defensive player of the year and Stephon Gilmore he he has not opted out to my knowledge so he will be playing uh, corner for the New England Patriots and doing a stand up job at doing so uh, because it, this guy's just this guy has been a terrific player man. For, for the Patriots ever since coming over on that big $65 million contract in 2017. Um, he, he has been absolutely fantastic as a member of my, uh, as a member of the Patriots, very clutch, clutch player makes great plays, does what he has to do. Doesn't really talk a whole lot, but you know, he gets the job done and covers the, the opposing team's best, best receiver on a weekend week out basis. So I, I'm very glad to see him back, um, but I, I for for me, this is going to be Belichick's toughest coaching job because you 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 not only do you not have Tom Brady, that that would be bad enough. You don't have Tom Brady, you lose the the greatest quarterback in my view in the history of football. Um, and he goes down to Tampa Bay, and he's looking pretty good down there, according to all reports, at age 43. Um, and I think, uh, on a side note, I think Tom Brady's going to do it up down there. I think he's going to have a fantastic season. Now, does that mean the Bucs are going to sit up here and win the Super Bowl? That's to be determined. I don't, I don't know that yet because the NFC is a loaded conference. But I think Tom himself – for a guy who's age 43, I think he's going to have a fantastic season. And I, and I'm rooting for him. I, I want him to have as great of a season as he could possibly have because he's a fantastic player and that's what he does. He's, he is an all time great an absolute legend. And I wish him nothing but the best, but you know, back to the Patriots. Hey, you, you you know, it's the next man up mentality around here. And, you know, we got Cam Newton now in the fold and Belichick, at least he's being consistent. Everybody's got to earn a starting job. But if the Patriots are going to go anywhere, Cam Newton has to be the starting quarterback. There's just, as there, there is no there is no debate. There is no real there, – there's no debate. Cam Newton needs to be the starter over Jared Stidham. Because if, if he is healthy – he is light years better than Jared Stidham. And the Patriots are, if they're here to win their seventh Lombardi, Cam Newton needs to be the starting quarterback because you have a defense, well, at least what's left of it, that can win right now, that that, that has a shot to win now anyway, has a shot to contend uh, in, in the AFC. Um, and let's just, let's just not waste this moment. Um, I, I think I, I just, I just don't know. It's hard to make, it's hard to read the Patriots because every time I look up, there's more, more and more people on our team that are starters. There are people that contribute a good amount to this football team that have opted out due to COVID-19. And that's really going to be the biggest storyline to me, how the Patriots will adapt to the fact that not only does do, do you lose Tom Brady, but how, how do you cope with losing, you know, 60% of your starting defense and, you know, about another 
20, 20 <laughs> about five, ten percent of your team opted out to COVID nineteen. It's just a very it's a very hard thing to to read right now. But if Belichick gets it done, in my opinion, it will be one of the greatest coaching jobs he's ever pulled off. And I'm rooting to see what happens because I do want the Patriots to be good. Uh, but at this time, I just don't think they are very good. Next team on the list, um, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills here. And, the, and look, the Buffalo Bills, look, they acquired Stephon Diggs. They gave up a whole bunch of draft picks for him. I think, I, I, I think Buffalo should win this division. They absolutely should win this win this division. There's no question about it. Uh, they're they're a better football team than the Patriots are. You know, I don't think Josh Allen's a better quarterback than Cam Newton. There's no question about that. I I think Cam Newton on one leg is better than jo than Josh Allen, at least at this particular moment in time. He does have promise. I do get to watch him a lot. He was on TV a lot. He's he, he's a solid player. He's solid, but he's not Cam Newton. He's not. He he's not, he's not there yet. But he's got a rocket arm. He can run a he, he can run a little bit. He, he can make people miss. He's a he's a gamer. He's a definite definite competitor. I definitely like him. I like watching him. I, I don't but against the Patriots, they 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 somehow do a number on Josh Allen whenever they play the Buffalo Bills. We seem to do a number on Josh Allen. So, you know, it, it's, it'll be very interesting to see, you know, very interesting to see uh, what the Buffalo Bills do offensively because they do have some, they do have some nice pieces, in my opinion. They do. I like, I like to tie it in there. Like that Dalton Knox, they're tied in. I, I like him. Singletary's, Singletary had a, pretty, a solid season for Buffalo last year. Uh, I think he's going to take another step forward. He, he's a solid player for them. Stephon Diggs is a former All-Pro receiver. We know we know what he what he can do, and he's opposite John Brown, who that's Mom's favorite player on Buffalo because John Brown did that crazy looking dance there a couple a few years back. I see Bob laughing in the background. Ha! <laughs> Bob's laughing in the background. John Brown did this little crazy dance against the then St. Louis Rams a couple years back, and. We've been fans of John Brown ever since, but other than that crazy dance, he, he, he's a really good player. Thousand yard, thousand yard receiver last year for Buffalo. He was their number one, but you get a bona fide number one. You get in Stefan. You got John Brown opposite him. You got Cole Beasley in the slot, and Cole Beasley comes over from Dallas. He had about eight, seven, eight hundred yards last year, and and Cole Beasley was on one on Thanksgiving because he he must have. He had that game circled, and he went down to Dallas and put a number on them. About about a, had over a hundred yards and a couple touchdowns there, uh, you know. So I think Buffalo offensively has some good talent, and defensively, that was like that was a top three defense or top, at least a top five defense. And what Sean McDermott has done on the defensive side of the ball for the Buffalo Bills cannot be ignored. Um. You know, it, it cannot be ignored at all. He, he's he's doing a terrific job up there in Buffalo. So, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I think Buffalo should win the division because I I just don't. 
I don't trust what I see in New England right now uh, because I don't really think we're going to have a quality enough team to contend with the Buffalo Bills. So I, I, I would lean toward them winning the, win, winning the AFC East. Okay. Next on the list, I'm going to get the New York Jets out the way really quick. They stink. They're just, just they're they're not very good. I, I I you know I I don't I don't know what Adam Gase is doing. I don't know what Joe Douglas is doing. But you know what? They got rid of Jamal Adams, one of the best safeties in football. They basically gave gave Seattle a first and got a first and a third, and told Jamal Adams to go away. Just 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 leave. We don't want you here anymore. Jamal Adams didn't want to be there. I don't really blame him. You know. I don't know if they have a problem with Adam Gase up there in New York. Management seems to like him, but I don't know if the players like him. And that'll be something to definitely, de- definitely cover this what what this season is going because they went seven and nine, and I was with Sam Darnold having mono. And you know they they had they, there were a couple of games that the Jets had they they definitely could have. They could, probably could have flipped one or two of those games, probably been eight and eight, nine and seven. So, I mean, they they had a they have a okay team. I mean, you know, but I I just think it's the intangible parts of the Jets that just don't sit well with me. I just I just don't think that that they're much of a threat really this year in the in the in, in the AFC East, um, but. I can tell you who's not ready just yet, uh, but it could be a threat for years to come, and that's the Miami Dolphins. And part of that is, th- is thanks to the New England Patriots because quite literally, um, I'm not even joking, maybe about 25% of the Patriots starting defense of last year plays for the Miami Dolphins. Kyle Van Noy, Elandon Roberts, I mean, a, a, whole, a couple of votes, but he got Byron Jones that gave him $86 million. Or 80, 82 million for five years. Take him away from the Dallas Cowboys, make them weaker, bring him to their team. A very good cover corner, but the problem with him is he doesn't intercept the he doesn't intercept the football. That's his problem. He he can cover, he can really cover and do a very very quality job at covering some of the best receivers in football. There's no question about that, but. This guy doesn't catch the football when it's thrown to him. I, I, I mean, and I, I know, I know, mom was, you know, mom was back there, and my mom could agree with me. Mom was just like, you know, it's just like, why does this guy, why does this guy get the ball thrown to him and never catch it? Like, he never, he never caught it. You know, as a fan, as a fan of the Cowboys, you know, she would always like to ask me that question. But, um, the thing with Miami is, I owe him an apology because. I thought they were tanking and they were intentionally tanking that the first half of last year, you know, when you lose 59 to 10 to the Baltimore Ravens and on opening night, and then you lose 43 to nothing the next week to the new England Patriots. And then you get thrashed a couple more times and you know, it just, it just didn't feel like it was going well, but Hey, they, they make, you know, they, they went five and four down the stretch. You know, they got Fitzpatrick there. He'll he'll be a bridge quarterback to Tua. Um, I hope Tua's okay. Like if Tua's good, then I want to see what he can do because when he's healthy, he can really fling that football. 
and he's got a couple of receivers. He got he's got Devontae Parker there. Uh, I mean, he did a number on he did a number last year on the Eagles. He did a number on Stephon Gilmore last year, um, going for like 140 yards and two touchdowns or something on Stephon at uh, the last game of the year. So, I mean, they they got some talented players, but uh, you know, to Chris Greer and Brian Flores, I mean, they, these guys deserve a lot of credit for the potential turnaround of the Miami Dolphins because, you know, you, you couldn't watch them the first half of last year and think they were actually, you know, trying to win football games or be even even try to be a little bit good. You know, they, 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 were, they were bad. I mean, like really bad. And then – you know, they, they they were competitive in a couple of games. I mean, I remember they lost to the Jets at the buzzer. They probably could have won that game. They there were maybe one or another one or two games that they were really close in. They were pretty competitive um in and they, they just couldn't get get the just couldn't finish it off. You know, I, I don't think that Miami's gonna be a playoff team starting with seven playoff teams. I'm not sure that Miami's gonna be one of them this year. But in the future, maybe next year, I think uh, Miami really has a good shot of being uh, a playoff, perennial playoff team from years to come uh, in the AFC. And all right, that wraps up the first week of the, the AFC NFC division preview. I uh, did not manage to not make any predictions. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is always a fun show. You know, I'm gonna probably do it solo this year. Uh, you know, cause we're gonna, you know, I think, I think, you know, I could be more concise and just talk about some intriguing storylines. Um, but you know, it's always a fun show. It's always fun to get ramped up for football season because that, that is what, you know, this show's number one. And this number one show is all about. So I think it's going to be uh, pretty fun next week. I'm going to do the AFC and NFC South because, you know, I talked about my favorite team, uh, in the Patriots. And now I'm going to talk about my favorite player next week, Tom Brady and the NFC South, uh, you know, turning that division upside down, you know, and taking a look at the AFC South, with uh, the Tennessee Titans, who did happen to go to the AFC Championship game last year with the combination of Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. So it'll definitely be uh, a fun show to talk about uh, next Tuesday, uh, the AFC and NFC South. All right, bunch of NBA on, bunch of NHL on, Major League Baseball. My Orioles are 5-3 and three in the number two spot. So far in the American League East, again, only behind the white, scorching hot New York Yankees at eight and one. These guys, they're the best team in baseball. It's really, it, it's really, really terrifying their lineup, and that that's that's what not everybody hitting at full of full stride yet. So, uh, what the Orioles are doing needs to be uh, commended. Because you know, I, I just still don't think they're very good, but um, they're 
definitely turning some heads because of the way they're playing, the way they're pitching. All, all these young guys don't know any better, you know, that, you know, you, you don't you don't even have Trey Mancini. There, were, there was questions about Chris seeing if CD was going to play. You got, a couple, you got a couple guys who are injured. Now you got people wanting us to get Yasiel Puig in here. Which I'm not. I'm not opposed to. Um, you know, it, it, it's fun to see what the Orioles are doing. Uh, you know, seeing the 60 game sprint because, hey, it's 60 games. It counts. You know, yeah. Some some bad team is gonna keep it up long enough to be maybe not in contention, but they'll at least be in the conversation for the vast majority of the season, and I hope the Orioles are that team. Thursday show. Uh, Looking ahead to Thursday show, we are going to have a guest on because we're Thursday's going to be the baseball, basketball mashup again. Uh, last week, I had my friend Alex Dacey on, and we were watching, uh, live watching the 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 Nats Blue Jays game last year or so a lot last week. So we'll see uh what we got. Probably bring a guest on Thursday, talk about the big upcoming series and games in the and the MLB and then talk about some more of the NBA bubble and maybe sprinkle in some NHL twenty fourteen playoffs. The Capitals started yesterday, went into a shootout, just couldn't get it done. Tampa Bay wins three to two on a shootout. So uh, that that series is up one to nothing, Tampa. Uh, so we will see what the Caps do starting tomorrow. All right. Uh, until Thursday, this has been the Always 100 Podcast. Find the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, like, subscribe, leave a rating. Uh, tell me how you like it. Also, uh, I'm on social media on Twitter at QMAC24, two underscores. But until Thursday, this has been the Always 100 Podcast. See you then. Peace.